and all the people of God. eulogy I was going I asked the preacher who was going to do the eulogy you know would someone do it and she said well no pastor couldn't be anyone else but you but I guess when I as I do the eulogy this morning it's going to be just that sister Harris could be the star of the show sister Harris is the star of the show because a eulogy is to speak well of someone to speak well of someone so a family member or oftentimes someone who known the deceased speaks well of them. And as the minister do it, he adds uh, the spiritual aspect of it. And with Sister Harris, Floyd, you were asking me the other day about the church and everything. One thing about Sister Harris, that was her whole life that had become her whole focus was the church. And she was an avid believer in Hebrews 10.25, forsaken not the assembling together of yourselves. Because she's not in that casket this morning. She, she's with the Lord. And she, we taught her how to pull off that old man, pull off that tabernacle. If you follow Paul and Peter and the rest of them, they continually talked about going home to be with the Lord because... It was suffering down here, and I'm going to backtrack on what some of the other ministers and some of the people spoke of, and I'm not going to be very long because, you know, I can't stand what Sister Harris and them had me doing. I started setting when I preached. You know, as I got older, I couldn't stand as long because the preaching time took up about an hour or so, and I know y'all don't want me to be up here an hour. <laughs> so Sister Harris had it to where... One of the reasons he talked about she was in the Baptist church or whatever, and she left the Baptist church because she didn't like a whole lot of hollering and talking and speaking, and she'd come away and she would wonder what it was. But she was focused on church, like I said, church attendance and being at church all of the time. She wouldn't miss very, very many services. I don't know how many of you... Young people could keep up with Sister Harris going to church. Don't let the wheelchair fool you now. Don't let the wheelchair fool you because it's a many a day. It was freezing weather out there. It was about the rain, and I know we got a lot of rainy day saints in the church, 
If it even looks like it's going to rain, it may not come. They don't want to get wet. But Sister Harris would get up early, and sometimes she'd call me about 7, 7.30 or something. She'd say, well, Pastor, we're going to be at the church early or something because they say it's going to rain, and I want to get there early before it starts to rain. And it didn't matter how long it was going to rain because she said, well, you could continue on teaching until it stops raining. <laughs> so she was one that loved that. And as Pastor Randolph had said earlier, he was quoting, I think he was looking out of Isaiah, the 57th chapter, the first to the second verse. It says, the righteous man perishes at the hand of the evil and at different other devices, and no one takes it to heart. Faithful and devout men are taken away while no one understands. That the righteous person is taken away to be spared from disaster. In other words, sometimes God will take us out of this life to spare us from the things that's coming in this life. He keeps the righteous. We know He took Enoch out of this life. We know Elijah. And sometimes just because you're younger doesn't mean that you're not in the Lord or that you're doing something wrong. It's just that you've ran your course. You've ran your course at that time. It's in Revelations also, that second verse, what he was talking about. He says the dead person, he enters into peace through death. They rest in their bed. So she's resting in all of those of us that are Christians and know the word of God that they'll precede us that are awoke. At the rapture, at that time, they'll be the first ones to rise up in the Lord. So, Sister Harris have put on Christ and continually being clothed in His righteousness. Each one who walked uprightly following God's will will be clothed in that white linen. A lot of us have white this morning. White is symbolic of the linen, the coverage that that's something the saints have earned. You earn that righteousness now. Christ gives you a righteousness. He gives you His righteousness. Now that's a righteousness that's under salvation. That's, that's not our righteousness. I don't want to confuse you here. Like I said, read the obituary and they were saying that Sister Harris went to Southern and she was in education and everything. So I had to be on my P's and Q's when I said something because we study and we study out of four different versions of the Bible. Christ's righteousness is imputed unto us. That's something He gives unto us. We put that on. But if you look in Revelations, you'll see the, the bride, the people have made themselves righteous, has made themselves right. And I know Supreka worked to get this service in order, and us men know that coming up to a wedding, no one works harder than the bride to get ready. What we know as Christ's bride, we work and we labor down here getting ready for that marriage supper of the bride, of the bride and the bridegroom when he comes back for us. We do that through our church attendance, through the fivefold ministry that presents us without a spot or a wrinkle. But you must be here. You must be at the church and learn how the church operates in those works that we have there and those works at that time that he was talking about that we have, it comes through faith. A faith without works is a dead faith. But believe me, it's not just any works. It's the works of Christ Jesus. 
because I don't know how many in this church and I don't know this church, but there'll be many who work. You know, anyone can work. You can't just come into the church and work. Like I said, you have to be clothed in Christ's righteousness. So on that day, it'd be many that come to the Lord and say, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we feed the sick? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. That's because you didn't have fellowship with him. You were known of others, and there'll be a many a call, but only a few chosen. See, those chosen few study, as Sister Harris did, study to show themselves approved. As an older woman, I told you not to let the wheelchair fool you, and you can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. According to Deuteronomy 15, 26, it says, When the Lord your God blesses you as he has promised, then you will lend to many nations what you will not borrow, and you will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. He makes you the head and not the tail. See, she knew who had given her power to get well. She was known as the candy lady, you said. But actually, little children and Mari sitting there, that was part of her job. You know, Sister Harris would keep the children and be with the children all the time. The children would come by there. Wasn't she working up to two weeks ago, Sister Chaprika? She was still doing that. So she was financially blessed. And that's one of the signs of being a child of God. He said he'll bless you coming in and going out. He'll make you the head and not the tail. Sister Harris said she didn't believe in that borrowing or anything. You know, as a lot of people may borrow from her, but I bet you you can raise your hands and count the ones that she borrowed from. Sister Harris always had the money. She was dealing with it. But that was a sign that God was blessing her because she paid her tithes and offerings. She did that. And God's going to bless you you do that. He's going to bless your whole household. But also the opposite is true. He will curse you because you shouldn't rob God. Sometimes it might not come out for the best for you. Sometimes you may end up short. But please don't short God. And that's one thing Sister Harris never did. She never shorted the church. She never shorted anyone. Sister Harris was a financial blessing and a fruit that a pastor would be proud of in the church. The book of Deuteronomy says the poor person would never disappear from the earth. That's why I'm giving you this command that you must open your hand generously to your fellow Israelites, to the needy among you, and to the poor who is in the land. She lived in an apartment complex, coming in and out. There were a lot of young ladies and people in there. But if they wanted to borrow a cup of sugar, if they needed something or whatever, uh, she would go in her freezer and give to those or whatever. But she was always a mother uh, giver to others. She had more than she can bless. And like I was telling people, through this pandemic, no one in my church suffered uh, the pandemic, he says, it shall not come nigh thee. You know, this sickness that come up on you, her, I'm trying to think about it because it says the righteous is taken away and no one understands. You know, this came very rapidly. It was only two or three months ago that she found out that she was sick that she was really sick. And she went through radiation treatment and certain things, but it had spread through her body 
And within a couple of weeks, she was no longer here with us. But you know, my wife got up uh, last Saturday morning, and I got up, I said, I'll take Sister Harriet for communion. And I went to take her communion, and my wife said she had had a strange dream that Sister Harris was taking communion, but she walked up to get her communion. And I said, well, she'll she love to hear that. She'll love to hear that. We went over there that Saturday and given her communion or whatever. And strangely enough, that Sunday, she was gone. Now, Sister Harris never would miss communion. You know that was her thing, communion and different things. But something the Lord had me get up and deliver her communion at that time. And I was wondering about that and I talked to Sister Harris she was laughing and smiling and do you know at stage 4 cancer stage 4 and she left Sunday she was never in pain was she they didn't give her any pain medication see the Lord can keep you in situations that you not suffer she didn't feel any pain she didn't linger and she didn't and as I said Everything about Sister Harris because she was like John. In the book of John it says, The Word was God and the Word was made flesh. And I tell everybody, we must assimilate the Word of God. In other words, as the pastor feeds you the Word, you must take that Word and meditate on it day and night. If you would go over to Sister Harris' house, she was going to have her Bible on the table And she was going to have those 10 or 15 pages of what I've given them to study. Now she would get upset if I forget her sheet of the library's clothes. I didn't get the printout or whatever because at our church, and you was asking us about the church floor, and you know, Shaprika, know that you have to, as I tell her, study to show yourselves approved. If that pastor's spending countless hours going through all types of books and not just the Bible, Invest in yourself in concordances and good biblical dictionaries and all of these other things. But study. You must decrease and he must increase. Your hours in the word must increase each week because I think I was saying I was wondering why he had taken away. But we are on the horizon of a spiritual battle that we're about to take place in. And a lot of us don't even see this coming. We don't even see it coming, and we're not studying. We're not being good Bereans. Don't let a preacher or anyone just feed you anything. You go back and examine the food that you eat. She would examine it each week. She would come back and say, well, Pastor, what about this or what about that? So you be a good Berean and go back and see all those things slow. Because in the church, if you will look the battle in the last days, or at churches that he says, several of those churches in the book of Revelation says, repent quickly or I'll come and take my candlestick away from you. See, the church had deviated and they had allowed every unclean and foul bird to enter into the church. And the church has to be doctrinally sound. My sister was doctrinally sound. And that's what I'm proud of, that I could give account for her that she was doctrinally sound. And that's why when he told Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. 
and we must feed the sheep, but we must feed them sheep food. We shouldn't just feed them something. We hear some other pastor saying uh, something that sounds good or whatever, because I don't know how many of your young people come by her house or whatever, but how many of you quoted scripture to Sister Harris and she, she was going to let you know whether it was right or not, whether it was sound or not. You couldn't just toss her about by any wind of doctrine or any saying. You know, some people are from church to church, from pillar to pole, but be careful of what you hear. Be careful of what you allow to go into your ears. She was very circumspective about that. We must walk circumspectively because the devil is a roaring lion. He's coming about and his angels has transformed themselves into ministers of light. This is the most wealthy thing right now. It's Christianity. It's very profitable. But then he says every foul bird has come into Babylon. That Babylon we were studying about, that Babylonian system in Revelation that she so dogmatically had me looking at, it says, come out of her, my people. Come out of her. We must come out of Babylon. And that's what Sister Harris has done. She geographically came out of Babylon. But we must spiritually come out of Babylon. Babylon is worldwide. And it says in Revelations 14 and 12, it says, here's the patience of the saints. Those that here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Now, when they tell you that, don't let them put you under the law because that circumcision of heart, Sister Harris had that circumcision of heart, whereas she was born again, she had put on Christ, so she was able to discern good and evil and know what the word was, and that's what we should be. By exercise of use of the word, we should be able to have uh, uh, eat strong meat. A lot of us, just like the Corinthian church, that church fell apart. That church no longer exists. If you look at the church of Ephesus, the Ephesian church, that's Turkey nowadays. That's modern day Turkey where the church of the Ephesians was. And all of these things, get into a church that sets you down with, with all, out a whole lot of, I'm getting dry mouth now, I'm going to have to sit down. Uh, without a whole lot of talking and ripping, but that questions you and that you question yourself. You said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You will have to continually be purged each and every day. You hadn't reached that mark. You will have to press on for the high calling in Christ Jesus. You will have to lay aside self. You will have to lay aside the social media. You will have to lay aside the friends and and, and put on Christ. I know it makes your pastor feel better that she don't have to go back and summarize or recapitulate on some of the things that she can pick it up and go forward because in the book of Hebrews it said, laying aside the doctrines of baptisms, of laying on of hands, let us go on to the perfecting of the saints. We shouldn't keep having to tell you about baptisms and all of these other things there's some deeper meat in the word. And Paul says that you were carnal and he could speak to them as mature Christians. We're fighting with one another and doing all these things. But you need to be like my dear sister there. You need to be spiritually strong and face death. 
She was at peace with death. She wasn't sobbing. She said, look, ask Floyd and talk to Floyd for me. And I would talk to Floyd because don't worry about her. She's in good hands now. She's in the best hands she could be. She's at rest. And she wants you spiritually strong, don't she? She fought a good fight, as they say. And she was a hard worker. Revelations, let me continue in that verse I was on. Because if you have faith, through faith we help establish the laws of God. So don't let anybody put you up under the law because the circumcision that we have, that Sister Harris has, is of the heart. It writes his laws on your heart. And as you meditate on that word, you have to have a prayer life. Now, if you go over to Sister Harris' house, she would probably tell you about Anna. She loved Anna. Out of the book of Luke, it says, and there was one Anna, a prophetess. She was a widow of about four score and four years old, four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer day and night. We don't pray enough. We don't fast enough. Looking at me, I might not fast at all, huh? But anyhow, the disciples told Christ when they, he came to them and the man said, can you heal my son? And the disciples looked and the, he said that they couldn't do anything with him. And Jesus took the young lad aside and he cast the demon out. And they said, why couldn't we do that? He says, this kind goeth out but by prayer and fasting. See, with the church, we need all parts of the church. Sister Harris was a prayer warrior for our church. The pastor needs someone to have their backs. That pastor needs you praying for them day and night. No, no telling what that pastor is going up against. But it should be people in the church, as Spurgeon's people was, That was the engine that drives the church. Sister Harris was the engine that drove our church. And just like this young man standing over here, standing there, I hadn't lacked of anything, I hadn't did anything. He's of a necessity. He's an important part of this church. No matter what you're doing in the church, it's very important. Each member of the church is very important. We've lost the important member of our church. Whatever they have you to do and whatever you put your hands to in the church, do it with all of your might. Let no one have to ask you to do anything. A lot of times I would come by the church to get something or do something or pray and Sister Harris knowing I would be there. You know, a couple of times she was working in the flower bed out of her wheelchair. Huh? Mm-hmm. If you would go over to a house, they, the housing authority stopped her because she was planning and wasn't she? She was planning and working in the garden. They're trying to start her flower bed and everything. And they said that, that she couldn't do that, that or whatever. But alone from the works, the fasting and, and the prayer, Revelation 13, 14 and 13 goes on to say, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from now on. In other words, those that have died under Christ Jesus are blessed in the Lord. We're blessed and the works go before them. Sister Harris' works go before her. Her works and her praise, the righteousness that 
Christ enables us to do, we have to keep being clothed in His righteousness, but we have to put Christ on. In other words, continually being filled with the Spirit. That's not one of the five foolish, but it's one of the five smart ones, the wise ones that continually filling their lamps and trimming their lamps. There's a lot of work for the church to be busy doing. And we should be busy working wholeheartedly. And anyone he comes back and catch not working, well, that servant, he's going to point him a place with the, unfidel, the infidel and the unbeliever. Sister Harris worked until the final minute. You would have to stop her. You have to pull her back. But as I testify about her, a lot of us in here would be put to shame by the works she did. By her prayer life, by her study. And like I said, don't let the wheelchair fool you. She's going to be sorely missed by a lot of us. Shaprika worked so hard and, you know, it's a blessing to have a daughter like that. It wasn't a thing Sister Harris liked. And those that lived in that vicinity or whatever, they know that when she get off work or different times, day or night, that she's there attending to her mother. Young people, don't forget about the old people. Don't forget about your mothers and fathers. Honor your parents. And they'll make your days long. Plus, it's a blessing in that. It surely was a blessing. And when she would come to church and about Shaprika and say different things or whatever, you know, you, you strengthen your old people. You don't realize how much your parents have vested in you and they want to see you do good. We have to watch what we say to them and do with them or whatever, the words and things we used, and that they're not old and crazy. They may be a little bit like me behind times and can't do everything. You know, I was used to a wooden pulpit and everything else you could kind of lean on, but I don't lean on this thing and break it. You know, every once in a while in a eulogy, you have to speak things that are humorous because this is really not a sad occasion. This is a home going. This is a day. If Joshua would have given them rest, he wouldn't have spoke of another day. I tell you, my wife spoke of seeing her take communion. Well, that communion she's taking, she'll be taking it with the Lord. She'll be drinking it new because I think he promised when they were taking the communion that he didn't take of the communion, but he told Peter... He wasn't the drink of the vine until he drank it new with them in the kingdom. So there is a day that Sister Harris is going to walk up. And I always tell her, I say, I know you can have that house you want, Sister Harris. He promised a lot of us we'll have homes and friends in this life, but also in the next life. But you have to be working, as Sister Harris did, to send those things up. Lay not treasure here on earth. She sent all of those things and her works, those are the things that will endure. That's going to endure. So her life, I don't think any of y'all caught Sister Harris down or with a bad mouth or poor mouth or whatever. So hold your head up. I know it's hard, Sister Shaprika. You know, Moses in the book of the Bible, they gave them 30 days of mourning. You had 30 days of mourning. If they didn't mourn, Jeremiah and them would send for the mourning women. But hold your head up. We're sending a Viking home this morning.
One that was stronger than many of us should, should be. One that was spiritually strong. One that would be truly missed. And when the saints go home, and, and he spoke about a God of all comfort. Crawl up with the word of God. It'll comfort you. She loved the book of Psalms. If you want to crawl up with something, leave YouTube alone a while. TikTok and all those. Wrap your mind around the word of God. Your pastor heard of, had a version with that version. She had quoted one of the scriptures from. When you're reading through the Bible within a year, Sister Harris was doing a whatever. Then she was in the living Bible. You know, read through. If you've read through the Old Testament and the New Testament and the King James, go through the Amplified. Go through the living. Go through the Ryrie. Go through the different versions of the Bible. And that's what Sister Harris would do. She would push you, push your pastor, because the hungrier you are, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, it's their job to feed the sheep. The pastor has to work, and Sister Harris caused me to work and work that much harder to feed the sheep. I'm going to take this one. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you each and every one that came out today to hear our sister, to hear the home born of our sister, Lord God. Lord God, instead of breaking down scriptures to talk about scriptures, I hope what I've had said about our dear sister today would go home to the spiritual hearts of the hearers of this word. Let them rejoice in you and be comforted in you, the God of all comfort. Lord, let me that spot that's filled let it be filled with the Word of God. Let it be filled with your Spirit. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.